0: Melanin and Me, exploring the black woman's experiences in Britain. Hey lovely ladies, welcome back to Melanin and Me. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to remind you how you can stay up to date with our latest content. We release episodes every other Thursday, so make sure to subscribe to Melanin and Me on your preferred podcast platform so that you don't miss out on any episodes. You can also follow our inspiring content on social media by searching Melanin underscore and underscore me on Instagram, or find us on Facebook at MelaninandMeuk. If you felt empowered or motivated from any of our episodes, we love to hear it, so feel free to contact us by emailing melaninandme at yahoo.com or slide on in the DMs on our social accounts. Don't forget to share some love, drop us a review and share with any of your fellow queens who might be uplifted by tuning into Melanin and Me. For now, enjoy today's episode. Hello, queens, and welcome back to another episode of Melanin and Me. And today we have the incredible Amy Harris-Willock with us today. I'm going to run out of breath talking about all the different achievements and things that she's done, but I'm going to try and give you a snippet and hopefully she'll be able to tell you a little bit more. So Amy is not only a former Miss Caribbean U.K., She's a current NHS physiotherapist, she's a former Commonwealth athlete and she's currently competing as a bodybuilder as well. Amy, welcome!
1: <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> Ashley, Oh, thank you so much for um, allowing me to be here, it's really really good, yeah, so I'm excited to get into the conversation. <laughs>
0: yes, me too and it's really funny because we're, we're putting together like, you know, your um, resume as it were, it was like, I was like, you know, have I missed anything, you know, because I feel as though there's there's Probably some other things that you're just so humble and you, you know, were probably hidden in there somewhere as well. And she's like, No, no, you know, that's just it. And I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, like, just it. Come on, absolute Wonder Woman out here. (laughs) So, Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself, your heritage, what you do, and some of your achievements to date.
1: So, for those of you, uh, I guess, that don't know me, I'm of mixed heritage. So uh, my mom's English and my dad is actually Antiguan. Um, I was raised um, by my, I guess, grandmother really. So I didn't really know my heritage uh, growing up. And then I think as I got older, I started to wonder, get a bit more curious about it and found I found that I was quite different to, you know my family that brought me up and um, and then I guess you know my athletics was kind of my, my window of opportunity to uh, to get to know my heritage so really you know being involved in athletics um I got to kind of interact with all types of pe- uh, different people cultures and um and then it wasn't actually until I moved out to America um I went over there on a scholarship um for about five years uh, to do athletics and and do my first degree and um you know i noticed that there were so many different athletes from all over the world so you've got people from you know all the caribbean africa like nigeria all of them and it was just it was amazing um, because you know you got to meet different people it was it was great just living in a different country Um, but it wasn't till actually you know when I was on the relay team I remember specifically they uh, they kind of asked me you know like where are you from (laughs) so everybody kind of had their own heritage they were wearing like their Jamaican um, like vest or like Nigerian vest and you know USA and And I, and I kind of like, I wore my UK, like my GB vest, but it was like, no, come on, like, where are you from? And, (laughs) you know, and I actually felt like quite embarrassed back then because I would just always say like, oh, I'm Jamaican, (laughs) you know, and that's just such a stereotypical (laughs) thing to say, like, you know, because I, I literally at the time I wasn't educated. I had no idea. And it wasn't until actually that year I decided, because my, my current um, partner at the time was from the Cayman Islands, actually, and rain country. Just saying. And I know I've been there. Oh, it's like Seven Mile Beach. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah, it wasn't until he actually encouraged me to say like, I think it's important that you should get to know like your heritage. So um, did a bit of investigation. And um, and then actually started to dig a little bit deeper, and then found out you know I'd got um, Antiguan roots, and then found my. It's funny because I actually found family in America first, and reconnected with them, who put me in touch with my with my dad, and then and then kind of like the story went on from there. So I tried to reconnect with my family, got to know you know my um, more about the island, um, and then it wasn't till what year was it? I think it was around. 20 yeah 20 2012, 2013, when I started to get more curious and learn more about um about Antigua, that I actually decided to um feel like, oh, do you know what? There's an opportunity here to get to know, you know, my heritage and compete for Mm. Antigua. So so I kind of thought let's let's see what this is all about and and reached out to a few people in Antigua. And um, and then actually, it was actually it became like a reality. You know, yeah. they said, you know what, like, have you got? Are you able to get a passport? Um, you know, you could actually because you've got family over there. You're entitled mm-hmm. to compete for the country. So I, you know, I just felt like something was missing, mm-hmm. um, and I just thought, you know, why not? So I, you know, did my research, and then ended up flying out there and um and then getting selected to compete for the Commonwealth um for Antigua and honestly it was yeah it was just it was mind-blowing because it was it felt like a part of me that was missing yeah not only was it that I couldn't you know I hadn't reconnected but I I managed to be able to compete for you know the other part of me Mm. and it was just amazing because it's such a you know you know like how it is in the Caribbean everybody knows everyone and um, and they're so you know they're so welcoming. And then so i I'd, comp- I'd gone out and competed for them at the Commonwealth. And then actually the following year I was supposed to do the Pan Am um, American Games. And um, and then yeah, unfortunately, like I got injured, and it was just it was just annoying. Mm-hmm. So that was when I decided to do Miss Caribbean. Hey. So, yeah. <laughs> So yes, the next part of the story really was just kind of, you know, trying to learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. and uh, and Miss Caribbean was again another opportunity to uh, represent Antigua because I couldn't represent them at the Pan-American games. So I thought, you know what, let me try something different. I'm so used to being an athlete um in front of so many people. It shouldn't really be an issue what it was, but it was, it, it was I mean,
0: I mean, it is a little bit different, just a little bit. I mean,
1: (laughs) I mean, going from wearing spikes, (laughs) trainers, you know, like so, it was very, yeah, it was very different, and trying to move your body in different ways, you know. Um, So I thought, let me try and be show the creative side of myself, and um, and again, just you know, reconnect with people from the Caribbean, not just Antigua, but learn a lot more, and um, and yeah, really from that it just kind of it made me feel a little bit more connected um Mm. to to Antigua
0: and and sorry let's let's just pause there because you didn't just try it you didn't just thought oh I'll just dabble in it and learn a little bit come on let credit where credit's due you only went and won the thing as well
1: hello (laughs) yeah but I, I think to be fair like I think that was probably down to you know over the years of being such a competitive individual Mm -hmm. um, that you know I learned that from from, you know a really young age that when I got to Miss Caribbean you know I I just kind of was like that athlete came out of me and and you know I tried to do perfect it as much as I could practiced again and again and again and then that's my speech and everything and yeah and then fortunately I managed to win the competition (laughs) yeah it was it was a really really good experience and then that year actually I got to go around do a lot of charity work and then the prize was to go back to Antigua and that kind of topped it off because I managed to go out there, go and speak at some of the schools, try and inspire the kids. You know, because being on a small island, there's, as you know, the opportunities are quite small. So it was trying to educate them to really, really push yourself in in school, and even if and in and if there's any kind of sport that you enjoy, go for it because the opportunity is there where you could actually pursue you know a career somewhere else and get off the island to go to America get your education and and then potentially Mm -hmm. like come back to the island Mm -hmm. and and you have an endless opportunity once you've got your education you know for me a big big thing going out to America it taught me that education was a you know was was really important and I still I still believe that so it was just kind of trying to get that message across to them and I think that was it was just really really you know I was feeling fortunate to be able to do that um and then yeah just get to just enjoy myself lie on the beach a little bit and so of sun. course
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't go all that way and not no 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 yeah I did have a few days to just relax out there but again like I say it was just it kind of topped it all off for me from my journey of you know not really knowing much to being able to compete for Antigua and then you know do it in mm-hmm. pageantry as well so yeah, so that's kind of like a background of like my, you know, my culture and my family kind of side of things. And right during that time leading up to that, um, I'd, you know, from an early age, I'd been an athlete. I would started off like a sprinter and then I moved on to the long jump. And fortunately, over the years, I got to compete for Great Britain to begin with, um, you know, at world's uh, European level. Um, and then, yeah, just eventually then transitioned to compete for Antigua. And then I guess towards the end of 2016 um, my career was I was kind of thinking where do I go from here I was getting a lot of injuries and when you get to that point where you don't want to give up but your body Mm. seems to feel like it's giving up and um, I got a really bad injury that for, for I was trying my best to go to every sports doctor therapist there was to try and solve this issue and I'd I'd really damaged the joint in my foot and there wasn't anything that I could really do. The only solution was to either have these ostinol injections, which is kind of like a lubricant, Mm -hmm. to offset the pain in in my joint, um, which again is only really a short-term fix. Um, And then the other solution was to have my actual big toe fused together, which you can imagine in long jump isn't really a great thing when you've got to jump off your foot so yeah I was like that really is not gonna work so and I didn't really like the thought of having my toe fixed together (laughs) so um, so uh yeah so I think for like many months I tried to manage it um the best I could and it just got to that point where you know this wasn't I couldn't get to the level that I used to. So I just had to kind of think, what else can I do that I really love? You know, and I think over the years, you know, doing athletics, I had so much physiotherapy and I fell in love with it. And I always thought like, you know, these people are magical. Like what are they doing to my body to get me back on mm-hmm. the track? And, you know, the work that they put in and I just felt like the same thing of, you know, what can I do to give back mm-hmm. to people? So, um and having like a really, really kind of weird interest in the human body as well. So so I just thought, you know what, let me go back to uh, university again, um, which was actually after my third degree because I'd already gone back again because I didn't know what I wanted to do.
0: So see, when I said, guys, this girl is super woman, when I tell you, oh, sorry, my third degree, here's me with my little old, you know, undergrad degree thinking I've made it in life, Amy. (laughs)
1: No, <laughs> yeah, it was just a case of, uh, I think for me, um, it's always, you know, like my heritage, it was just finding out, and I think for most people, it's you're finding out what your purpose is, you, mm-hmm. know, the direct, your, you know, your purpose in life, what is it that you want to truly do that makes you happy, um, so I, yeah, I'd got already gone back to do my master's, master's in sports science, but I really couldn't really pinpoint exactly what I wanted to do, so I'd gone back to uni again to study uh, physiotherapy. And I thought, you know what? No, this is for me. This is really what I want to do. Um, So at that point, also, I kind of was coming to the end of my athletics career as well. But during like my studies, I can honestly say out of probably all three of them, that was the hardest. And I think that was probably down to the fact that I'd stopped my athletics career. And I think at that time, like sport for me was like that whole it kept me focused. It kept me motivated. It kept me kind of like tunnel vision, so everything else seemed so much easier. Um, so not having that, I think you know, physio, the physio degree just seemed a hell of a lot more difficult than it actually was. Um, so so yeah, it just I just kind of got to a point where you know I was I was thinking, yep, yeah, this is the direction I want to go in, but at the same time, there's something missing. I don't know what that thing is, and I, and and I and I think it took me about two years to realize that actually I felt a little bit lost. I didn't really know what I was doing, even though I was going down that physio route. There was something missing in my life. So, I um, fortunately, the coach that I'd moved to when I'd come back from America, you know, suggested, why don't you you know reach out to my coach actually that I'm with now, uh, Desmond Elliot, who has worked with many many athletes, you know, powerlifters, just you people just that want to get in shape and then mm-hmm. lots of bodybuilders so I always loved the gym I love pushing weights you know when I was doing my long jump so I decided that you know what let me try this body thing out what is it what have I got to lose <laughs> so it was just an <laughs> opportunity to go back and really push myself and, and I think to this day now, I don't know if I'm slightly crazy because, um, as you know, I'm going through um, my preparations for the, the latter end of my competition season this year. And, and I can probably honestly say out of all the sports that I've done, this is the hardest. Mm. And I wouldn't say the, the training, but more the actual you've got the training and then you've got the the diet aspect. Of the, as
0: food, well. the food, the oh, food. I hold. And- I take my hat off to you, Amy. <laughs> the sacrifices you make.
1: Woo. And let me tell you, it is. Yeah, it's it's something that you have to honestly like, like passionately love, and you want to yeah. do. Is to go through the prep. You know, sometimes you know when I first started, my prep was about twenty weeks long, and you can imagine twenty weeks. Mm-mm. Um, and this one probably was about I'd say probably about 12 or 13 weeks um, and it's just, as I say you go through it and then when you get closer to the show you just have to switch off from everything yeah. and just yeah. focus on. so so yeah I think you know for me that's just kind of that solidified my the thing that was missing in my life and sure that makes me happy and and um, and really has kind of got me to this point of you know just you know trying to give back and help people then in, in terms of you know nutritional advice and and just you know with my physiotherapy mm. you know through the NHS just trying to kind of holistically help people in the best way that mm. I can so yeah I kind of hope that kind of summarizes oh more. perfectly absolutely <laughs> a long summary, it's a long summary <laughs> if- but I tried to condense it as much as I could so
0: Well honestly if people aren't inspired by listening just to that summary I don't know what will inspire them because you've done some incredible things and I think it's you know and actually uh, I mean I think uh, we've had a few guests on here before and I think it's quite cathartic to actually just reflect on all the things that you know you've achieved all the things you've done and you talk about physical activity for you has taken different forms in your life so from when you were a Commonwealth athlete you know that allowed you to explore your heritage um, yeah. To some to some extent, the physical therapy that's associated to phys to you know physiotherapy, um, yeah. and also kind of the where you're competing right now. But also, you know, we did touch on you know the the pageant, and actually there are physical aspects to you know yeah. competing as well. So I guess yeah. for for listeners tuning in, you know, we're talking today about how physical activity can add value to your life, and you've touched on a number of different ways that it can improve and you know you refer to your kind of almost mental well-being with regards to you know you're studying and actually haven't got that outlet necessarily so from the case of preventative care from a physiotherapy point of view but also from a elite performance and then just general day-to-day for you what would you say to people if you were trying to pitch i guess physical activity how can it add value to people's lives
1: i think the first the first thing is just finding something in terms of when you say physical activity finding what makes you happy so it doesn't necessarily when we say physical activity it doesn't have to be oh my gosh I need to go to the gym or I have Mm -hmm. to jump on a treadmill. you know because I just know for a fact that lots of people if you say go to a gym or jump on a treadmill they'll be like no thanks I think the biggest thing for me is finding something that You enjoy doing whether it's dancing, whether it's you know playing some kind of sport, whether it's you know you're even you're you know you're middle aged and you enjoy gardening, or even for the you know people that are a lot older going out with their friends bowling, you know any that's for me Mm -hmm. physical activity is quite a broad spectrum, and I think generally like it's about it's more about your mental state so. I think that's the the first thing that I think that with physical um, activity is it can do so much for your kind of the the way you feel I've always found that in the beginning yes I think once you even if you're somebody that hasn't started any kind of physical activity I think generally for everybody it's just finding that motivation Mm. and your reason why why are you doing this so that's why I say find something that you enjoy doing um, that it's not a chore, that you can get up every day and you feel like, oh, my gosh, yes, today I'm going to go for a swim or, yes, I'm going to go dancing with my friends or I'm going to go play football, you know, that's something, because I think a lot of it is it has to be enjoyable and it has to be, like, sure. so, like most people, like a social event, you know. Yeah. Like, I think it, it should bring, you should have a healthy relationship with it. It should bring mm. a smile to your face. And I think it's so much more than, than just, you know, waking up every day and feeling like, Oh God, I've got to do this because it's, it's just, you know, it's for my health or, or something like that. And I think, yes, on the other side of it, yeah, it, you know, you want to be active. Like the recommendations do say, you know, on average, you should be hitting around 150 minutes minimum, like, but really that is quite, it's quite small in the scale of things Mm. really it's only half an hour for like five days it's not really a lot so really most people generally could you know do 30 minutes of some kind of physical activity and kind of just generally in what what they enjoy so Mm. yeah
0: yeah and I think you know like you've said there about it being a social event and I think for a lot of people that 100% resonates you know for me I'm And this is why I found lockdown really hard. I'm sure a lot of people found lockdown really hard because I love group classes and going to like the boxing center and playing team sports. Whereas, but equally, you know, for some people, physical activity can be that kind of opportunity to have solitude and just, you know, spend time on their own, get, you know, like kind of out of their own head and just, you know, if they're doing something outdoors, you know, it might be something that just takes them away from the home environment or the work environment. Right. So, um, you know, how did, obviously you a lot of the stuff you've done has been individual you know as um kind of your um athletic career so you know how how did you find that in terms of obviously you've gone you know you've been part of teams but actually what you know has there been a preference for you um
1: I think so I think from when I was younger um my my grandmother put me into loads of different sports so at one point I think I was doing netball uh swimming and athletics at the same time so I think I had a good balance of team sports and English. I bet you were that
0: girl that everybody wanted on their team they're like yes I want Amy
1: first pick <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, <no>. um <laughs> but yeah so I think yeah it was oh god back then like I used to be a bit crazy like I used to do with everything but no so I think back then I had a good balance of just enjoying kind of team sports the way you know when you're working with other people and then the social aspect of it and just be you know learning skills of being able to to work with people and um, all those kind of like you know those kind of you know characteristics that you build you know as a team player and sportsmanship and all that stuff. I think over time, you know, I, I learned that. But at the same time, um, when I was doing like athletics, that kind of from an early age built my, I guess, my individuality in the sense mm. that it built me as a strong character um, to be able to do a sport that was kind of focused on, you know, I had to motivate myself. Um, no one else was kind of pushing me into this I had to really really want it and I do think to some degree and I only think this in terms of more elite sport um, that if you you know think definitely in terms of athletics um, you have to have that kind of mindset that know this is really what you want to do and you have to have self-discipline and 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 be able to motivate yourself if sometimes like coach is not there and and you're and literally when you go out on the field you're by yourself yes okay Mm. you're coaching in in the in the in the stands and stuff but really ultimately it's kind of down to you um so I think you know I I think really I I kind of as I say from childhood um I learned the skills to kind of a balance of both sides if that mm. makes sense I don't know
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's you know so- I think it's part of the down to one your ability so for you you found you could excel in multiple things which you know for some people I I think that's probably more quite rare I think you know things that we tend to become more accustomed to either because we've we've taken part in it more in school or you know it's just something like you said we enjoy more and more motivated by so but obviously for so obviously I work in the sport development sector and My role day to day is looking at how we can create more opportunities for people to be physically active. And one of the big things that we touch on is inequalities in Mm. activity levels. And one of the things that was obviously prevalent before lockdown, but actually post COVID as well, I say post COVID, it's still here. It isn't going anywhere for a little while, sadly. But, you know, it heightened and elevated the fact that actually these inequalities have continued to grow because actually we've found that women particularly and people from ethnically diverse backgrounds as well are tend to be less active and a lot of the work that we do is trying to understand you know why that is and what solutions we can do to kind of overcome that and I guess from your perspective having you know being a woman of color and being very much in the physical activity and the sports sector kind of what barriers do you think that women particularly of color tend to face when it comes to being physically active
1: so I think um in terms of like the barriers and and I think the first point I'll probably mention in terms of if we look at women in sport not necessarily like generally like um, women of color at the moment if we just go to women Mm. I think you know from an early age it's not something that is really enforced I think whether that's stereotypical you know as we grow up in families it's more like you know the 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 son or you know the the male fit you know child of the family is almost pushed towards let's do sport let's do sport and then you know the the girl is just like you know is there something creative that you can do and sure and and it's that's I still think today you still have that stereotype of uh, just not really encouraging girls to 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 really be involved in as in sport as as much as I think that we should be and I think I think it's just kind of creating a message that actually giving giving women just the more of the opportunity to feel that actually if I want to do sport I should be able to I shouldn't feel like you know just because I'm not male either I can't do it Mm. and so I, I don't know. I just I think it is still like a stereotypical like thing. I don't know if you agree with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's we're starting to see that we're breaking down gender stereotypes. I think as we the LGBTQIA plus movement is becoming a lot more um, elevated in the media. So we're looking at, you know, if you don't identify as a male or a female, actually, you know, for those who identify as non-binary There's not that pink, blue. This is what you should do as a girl. This is what you should do as a boy. So I think there has been progression, but I definitely would agree that there are stereotypes and not just in you should and shouldn't pursue sport, physical activity. And certain people are kind of pushed and encouraged to do specific, you know, whether that's when you're choosing your GCSEs or, you know, your A levels or whatever else it is, or choosing your hobbies, but also within the physical activity sector, it's, You know, there are some sports or activities, you know, so netball, let's take an example. Girls are typically, when it comes to PE, are pushed into playing netball. The boys are out, you know, on the football pitch or the rugby pitch as well. And, you know, there's kind of that, and and there doesn't necessarily need to be. And I think that, I think there are certain steps that are being taken in the physical education curriculum that are starting to ask and embed, and this is very much part of my. Kind of role in in the work that I do is trying to embed youth voice into everything. So the young people actually are part of selecting what activities they want to do. But I definitely think there is a lot of work to get to that point where we're not just saying, "Yeah, this is more suited to you because you're a girl or you're a boy."
1: Yeah, and I think going off maybe a little bit off topic, um, I think as for us to have this, you know, what we're talking about now, like social media and just generally like the changes over time like with technology I think has a massive um influence on it as well because I mean if I go back to the days of when I was growing up my nan used to put me out and I could run around and I would do physical and I could go anywhere and Mm -hmm. and I would I don't I didn't even know what a phone was I I didn't have any of that technology I used to speak to people I used to just be go out and play and and enjoy myself and and I think like today a lot of kids are being kind of pushed into that social media they've got a phone and then it doesn't help that you know on social media women are kind of kind of portrayed to be these glamour models and just this is what you aspire to be and you know and as you know on tv in terms of it's like now children just want to be those kind of just celebrities that just go on these reality TVs and I think I think generally like stuff like that doesn't help because Mm. in in schools you know women that's what they see that's what they think they should be going in that direction Mm. um which I think doesn't help at all but saying that since we um since we've you know we've just had like the Olympics and everything I think what has been a good thing about that is that we've had a lot of um female athletes that have done really really well Mm. and they've actually like tried to you know put it push it a little bit more just to say that do you know what like actually look at these these strong individual women that have gone to the Olympics. Being really really successful and trying and, you know and like I say on the other side of things I think that has been really really good to try mm. and push inspire women just to you know to have kids look up to you know these these big stars and feel like Do you know what actually I could be that star I yeah thing out of it
0: 100% and I think um one girl that stands out to me is Sky Brown and I know that after the Olympics I spoke a lot about her in different radio interviews and things because yeah. You know, we talk about a young talent, a young female talent and, a, and an alternative activity as well. Again, it's it's kind of breaking that stereotype of this is a typical Olympic activity. Actually, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. you know, more of an urban, you know, it's a bit cooler. And yeah, in, just I can't imagine even being on that stage at that age. It's just unreal. And I think that just going back to your point about play, it's like, are we more likely to get more young people at the skate park at the weekend and start to see things like that and think actually do you know what let me have a go let me try let me see how this works you know I
1: know I mean because even myself like I know I think even then you know back in the day I don't think I really would have even thought about skateboarding or anything like that so I think you know she's really kind of quite kind of set the standard of like do you know what I'm this age you know I'm so young and like and, and kids of that age can think oh my gosh like the girls can think oh my god I can do that so yeah. yeah it's definitely been such an inspiration
0: definitely and I do think actually if you decided tomorrow that you wanted to be a pro skateboarder I kind of feel like you'd probably still be able to do that so I really hate you for oh that god. but you know you never know you never know watch this space
1: I not what my coordination's like though <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Amy, I know that a big person in your life who massively influences you, inspires you, supports you is your coach. You've already mentioned him so far today. So for women who are, you know, either potentially looking to get physically active or they kind of want to maintain their level of fitness or health and wellness, you know, obviously a coach plays a really big part in that. Um, but it's not necessarily something that everybody's had have that in their life they've not necessarily known where to go for it so if somebody so listening in is maybe thinking oh I'm a bit intrigued you know what does a coach actually do you know how could they help and what should I look for what kind of advice would you give
1: so I think sometimes especially women and I kind of see it all the time and it's and it's a bit of a shame you know they come to the gym and and I've and I've heard it many, many times. They feel very, very intimidated. It's almost like they want to participate in the gym or pick up weights and and, and and start and start somewhere, but they're just very reluctant. They don't really know where to start, what to do, and you know, with a load of like guys everywhere, it can be quite intimidating, especially if you're not used to that environment. So um, so And, you know, and for me, even even like myself, you know, going from transitioning from athletics to bodybuilding, like it's a totally different sport. And some people, you know, might have taken the approach of, oh, I've been a pro athlete. I know everything kind of attitude. And for me, it wasn't a case. That was not the case at all. I always felt like I could always learn from somebody Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why for me going into bodybuilding and actually starting again and understanding and learning about you know how to lift properly what is it that I need to do you know and how to eat properly learn about nutrition and just give me that confidence I think the biggest thing for me with my coach was not not necessarily somebody that just coaches me and and teaches me how to lift or or tells me you know what food i need to eat it's actually somebody that listens to me understands me and just knowing and having my best interest at heart mm. um, somebody there to just be able to talk to because i feel like my coach is not just my coach as i said to you like just somebody that just does all those things that for my competition He's actually like somebody I can talk to on a regular basis about everything about life in general. So, yeah, I would definitely say that being quite humble and open minded to be able to take on, you know, listen to somebody else to just kind of understand you what your needs are, I think is really, really important because sometimes we can get caught up in, oh, you know I'll just plod along but sometimes we actually do need somebody to support to support us and show us the right way and and I think that's that's the biggest thing that I would say is that having a coach is actually somebody that somebody that can actually support you and cater to your actual needs. So I would say it was the best decision of my life as I say not just in you know with my training just my approach to life my approach to my career everything um it's been a massive massive influence so so yeah
0: well I think that definitely sells coaching for sure because I think we've had Dr Susan Ozer come on before we talked about mentoring and coaching and she was talking about it from more of a kind of one-to-one basis not necessarily in the physical activity space but just in kind of a an oral kind of service if you like and I think that the the part that you said that really resonated there was the the best interest and actually somebody understanding your needs and I think you know as you said earlier there tends to be a lot of the same issues and problems that women face so if they're going into the gym and they're finding it intimidating or you know they're kind of feeling as though they have that lack of confidence and self-esteem that prevents them from getting active but there's Everyone has their own small little reasons why, you know, whether that's a part of their body they're less confident with or they're intimidated by people who are like lifting really heavy weights and they can never see themselves doing it. And I think that there are, I know, as as a PT personally, I remember first getting into the kind of taking part and going and I was working in a gym setting. And I remember I used to have back-to-back clients. So I used to have it from, because I used to finish my day job, drive over to the gym, I had back-to-back clients till 10 And I can tell you now, Amy, the day after when I got home, I was exhausted and I couldn't really work out why. Because I was like, I've not done the physical activity. I've watched them do it. I've helped guide them to it. And it wasn't until I realized afterwards, it's the conversation because it isn't we're not trained therapists. But at the same time, like you said, it's the conversations you have. It's the offloading because you usually take with you what's happened in your day, your week, whatever, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) so you know that coach becomes a lot more than just a physical sports coach
1: yeah and and as I say yeah I think generally I think because I I pretty much understand uh, you know at work it's kind of like the same thing um we have you know I have back-to-back patients and in you know things are changing so much you know the way physio is again it's becoming quite as I say, holistic, you're, you know, you're not just there to treat whatever the injury is. You're dealing with the person. You have to look at absolutely everything, like from their mental state, where they are, because it absolutely plays a massive role in their recovery. And it actually sometimes dictates how that how their progression is going to go. Sometimes, mm. if you know somebody's not in a good place, you're, you know, you're thinking already, actually, is this person going to get, you know, get better? so sure. it's, again you know a lot of it is just dealing with the person and and as you say it's you've got to understand somebody um and and like you say you know i, I experience it as well It's just you feel oh, <laughs> you know by the <laughs> end of the day, you've you've had to deal with lots of people and take everything on board and give them the best advice that you can Mm. um and you know and that is literally kind of like I don't know how my coach does it um maybe because he's male and he gets to just he can switch off but as as a woman sometimes it's you know it's we find it a little bit more difficult but um but it's yeah like I said for for any woman that is hesitant or doesn't know um where to start I would definitely recommend um, getting yourself a coach
0: yeah 100% so we talked a lot about the holistic approach so we've talked yeah. about kind of physical activity and nutrition we touched a little bit on kind of the uh, mental well-being and kind of the conversation element but where we thought talk about holistic health can you just explain that to listeners a little bit more what that means and what people should be mindful of when they're thinking about taking their health seriously in kind of that holistic way
1: yeah so When I, I guess, if I, if I go back to, if I put my kind of physio hat on in a sense. So when we say holistic, so we mean typically that when you're looking, well, I guess as a person and you're thinking about your health, it's not necessarily just about your going out and exercising. Um, It's not about just about the foods that you eat. A lot of it is to do with your mental state. And I think, to be honest, like a lot of it is to do with your your mental state first. So when I kind of like say your your health in, 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 a, in a sense, it's just taking those those things and also your environment as well. Mm. So, you know, you know, whether it's your where you're living, whether it's your family, your friends, your your support network, work, the whole thing take, you know, you need to kind of look at every aspect and and really kind of divulge into where are you in each kind of category Mm. and what is it that you can do to kind of change that Mm. and not necessarily obviously change it in a bad way but you know I I always think that you can't just concentrate on one thing you have to look at the whole picture Mm. so that's Mm. kind of typically what I mean in terms of like a holistic approach Mm. and even you know as you
0: say there about your environment we talk sometimes when you Um, are talking in the financial world you know financial health is part of that you know because actually let's let's take that as an example you've not got the finances you're in lots of debt so that means you're restricted to what activity you can take part in because maybe you can't afford certain activities but also the pressure that puts on you your mental health and your physical state every day so I think you know it's just being mindful of that knock-on effect on your physical body is that gonna because your stress is it gonna raise your heart rate does it mean you're gonna sleep less and I know one of the big things that you advocate a lot is hydration as well you know through all the work that you do and stuff and staying hydrated and drinking I know it means we sit on the toilet a lot more but it's good for you girls flash
1: yourselves out <laughs> honestly like I must go to the toilet about 20 times a day <laughs> don't let anyone know that (laughs) (laughs)
0: look it's I feel like we should maybe have like a a campaign of like competition to see how much like how much fluid you can drink as you know there is a point where it does become dangerous guys don't 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 overdo (laughs) it please don't
1: overdo it (laughs) I remember there was one evening actually like because I was um this was like back when I was training when I started bodybuilding I didn't realize like I shouldn't be drinking um certain um, a certain amount past a certain time so I was trying to catch up right so I think I was about <laughs> maybe like two or three liters um, behind so I'm there like at about seven eight o'clock at night chugging this water and I literally felt like I was drowning oh like, my god I, I, was drowning. <laughs> I was like oh my god what's going on so I learned I learned the hard way never to do that again so if anyone's listening yes hydration is important but try and get it in earlier in the day just not in the evening <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and you know we no, what no one wants to go to bed bloated it's just not a good no. look is it no <laughs> spread it out spread it out throughout the day whilst we're thinking about tips and things we're just kind of coming towards the end now so if you would be so kind if you were to think of three specific top tips for improving your health the, the top priority that you would say if was somebody listening in could make three changes today what would those tips be
1: okay right you, you're asking me to think now <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay, so you, okay let's think of this so if I would say my top tips are if if we go in the categories let's say number one if we think of health as we've just talked about it I think the 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 thing that you could do, which I think is pretty simple, is actually just increase your, your fluid intake. So, and I think the biggest tip for me to, to be able to keep on top of it is usually what I do is carry my water bottle with me. Mm -hmm. And Again, if, you, if you're if you a geek like me, you can get those bottles that have the timings on. So you can see, like it says like seven o'clock in the morning, and then it's got the, and it's even some of the bottles, you can get uh, motivational um, little quotes on there as well. Mm-hmm. Just to keep. So just having like one of those bottles a day um, with you, just to kind of keep you motivated. Um, again, you know, just even if you're increasing your water intake, let's say by a litre or even mm-hmm. 500 ml, you've made progress, you know, you don't have to take big steps, but I would say that is one of the biggest things because our bodies are made up of generally like mostly water. So, you know, we need to stay hydrated,
0: but don't on yourself at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the second thing that I would say, um, is definitely think of something that you could do as in something that you find fun whether it's let's say joining a class whether it's going to finding some sport something sporty to do or going out with your friends to do something social actually just think of something what can I do that would be enjoyable that I could do let's say even if it was twice twice a week Mm. something or even once a week so just again you're just making that step just to change just to make some a little change in your lifestyle just to actually give you you know some benefits and then the third thing I would probably say is I would say in your well-being is write down something that you want to achieve mm. so, you know it and and try and be very specific and have like a timeline and when you, what you want to achieve you know when when by you know and and really, and it doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily to do with health. It can, for me, as I said, mental well-being, what you enjoy, something that you want to aim for, whether it's in your career, if it is health, great. Um, or, you know, if it's that, some, you know, that holiday that you want to aspire to. But I just think we all need something to keep us motivated and driven every single day. And I think for me, the biggest key to keep me driven is always having something that I want to achieve. Mm. you know, ultimately, you know, I'm going to put it out there. I, you know, I want to get to the Mr. Olympia competition. I haven't changed my mind. That is something that I dream about all the time. That is where I really want to go. And as I say, I have little goals along the way, but I have it written up and I don't forget it. Mm. So each day for me is exciting. I wake up and I think, do you know what? today is going to be a better day. And this is what I'm going to do to achieve that. So, yeah, as I say, just have that kind of ultimate goal you want to achieve. And what is it that you could do every day um, to achieve it? Or, you know, I think another thing that you could do is, um, I guess it's a fourth tip.
0: Because it's you. I'll let you have another one. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) Um,
1: Just to write something down that went well that day. Yes. Sometimes we don't give ourselves credit we you know we some a lot of the times we've had a rough day and we think it's a disaster but actually sometimes even in a disaster situation we've actually learned something positive mm-hmm. so I think you know right in, and I think it's always really you know when you just don't see it when you can actually physically see it and you've written it down on a piece of paper then it actually resonates in your mind that actually today wasn't that bad you know and this is what I did so that would be definitely my fourth tip and final tip
0: that's a very good final it was worth the extra little final one I think speaking it into the atmosphere is so important because it gives you the the drive you as you say can physically see it and you know if you're depending on what kind of person you are I'm a bit old school I like a bit of pen and paper you know but you can put it on the notes in your phone you can whatsapp it to yourself you can do whatever you gotta do but um I think actually so um the thing that the tip that you last said, actually, um, we call that work a to-da list. So instead of having a to-do list, you have a to-da list to say, actually, you know, you get to the end of the day. Often at work, we're really hard on ourselves, right? We go, we have a never, we're never going to get to the bottom of that to-do list. Let's be honest. Like that, that basically just means we don't have a job, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's what that is. But actually, if we were to stop at the end of the day, pause and say, okay, you know, I managed to make it through this meeting, I responded to this email I addressed at this point. I did, you know you have all the things that you've actually achieved in that day and whack it on your Tadalis so you can look back and reflect really positively is is um, really important. Recommendations. Do you have any, sorry, I'm gonna have to think again on this one, but do, there ha- do you have any books, any podcasts, any articles, anything that you would say for people who are trying to live a more healthy lifestyle, where could they go for some inspiration?
1: So in terms of inspiration, I actually, this is probably going to sound like really, I don't know, just pathetic because there isn't really anything that I can recommend. I don't know, that sounds really bad, but um, I think for me, like maybe if I'm in my bubbles and, you know, in my kind of like world, I'm very driven in the sense that I just, what I use for my inspiration is probably just what what I do every day is just think of something positive to kind of aim for yeah I mean I think maybe I'm a bit of a geek I kind of really kind of listen to my physio podcast. so in terms of books um yeah I can't really recommend I know that sounds really cheesy but it does
0: it doesn't sound yeah. cheesy at all I think and this is the thing is like it's always again even where you know you're saying oh I don't necessarily think I have anything but you know even there you just said you know you find that physiotherapy podcasts do something for you so you know if there's somebody listening in and you think I'm intrigued by something and I don't quite know enough about it and I guess depending on what kind of person you are if you like watching films or tv or you like listening to stuff while you're out on a walk or while you're doing house chores or whatever sometimes it's just the method and then just going to find something you know if it's in the top 10 podcasts on that specific topic it's probably going to be pretty good so obviously not as good as melanin and me of course but you know
1: yeah of course not <laughs> um, I guess if you are a bit of a bodybuilding fan I'd say that um, there's a bodybuilder called uh, Ronnie Coleman and he's he's actual if you listen to his story it's so it's it's quite it's very simple so it, long like long story short basically you know he's this fantastic bodybuilder And really what drove him was just the simple things. Literally a free membership at the gym was kept him going. Literally, he got that free membership and he would literally train so hard just for this free membership. And he came from a background of working so many jobs, you know, just to keep going as a pizza boy, as a paper boy. And, you know, as I say, if you've got any kind of, you know, if you want inspiration of somebody that was just a humble you know individual f- came from nothing to be this absolutely fantastic bodybuilder then definitely check him out yeah Ooh. I was I always like stories like that people from kind of humble beginnings that have come mm. from nothing to you know to be in these absolute superstars so so yeah
0: yeah and it just reminds you that you know you can do it regardless as well you know it doesn't okay. matter what you have who you are where you are you know it just goes to show so Speaking of where people are, um, just lastly, Amy, can you tell uh, the listeners where they can find out more about you and follow your platforms um, and just hear a little bit more about all the stuff you've got going on?
1: Yeah, so um, so in terms of, like, if you want to check me out, um, I would say go on to um, Instagram. And if you just put in, this is really cheesy, I actually have to look it up. I don't know my name. <laughs> So let me let me just find it right. It's called the Fitness Physio. So if you type that in, or if you type in Amy Harris underscore Willock, um, then you can check me out. And then don't hesitate to uh, drop me a message. Um, I'm always open ears to anybody if they need any advice or just even just encouragement or just help. Then yeah, definitely you know I'm I'm an open book. Um, so yeah, don't be shy
0: she's super friendly and she's got the best smile ever as well so she'll always brighten up your day so definitely go and contact Amy if you're looking for any advice we will put all of your links and everything in the footnotes as well so people can access them there but I think we're going to call it to a close, and I just need to say thank you so much, Amy, for sharing um, some of your insights, your experiences, your advice uh, with listeners. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you reach that big goal that you're dreaming of because I know you're going to get it. You know you're going to smash it. And if you do start skateboarding, it started here, okay?
1: Oh, I know. I'll never forget <laughs> it. I'll never, literally, I'll never forget it. So if I if I'm the next superstar, then this is where it started, right this, here, so right I, here. I, 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 I,
0: So that's a wrap on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you gained something positive from listening in. Whether that be you gained a new perspective, got some tips and tricks to motivate and inspire you, or if it just made you smile. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe and leave a review so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes and so we can bring you even more of the content that you love. Until next time, stay blessed, wear that crown with pride and keep shining.